in the context of my journey of letting certain parts of me die so I can be reborn. And that's what this whole journey has been a death, a rebirth, death, a rebirth. And I'm on like, I don't even know what number birth I'm on at this point. Um, but that was like a rebirth into like, all right, I don't have to live like this forever. There's hope. I didn't feel hope before then for my life. Felt really hopeless. I felt really hopeless. Welcome to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where we delve into the depths of our inner selves, uncovering authenticity and transformation. Join us for enlightening conversations on breathwork, self-discovery, and the profound journey within. I'm your host, Josh Perry, joined by the delightful Hannah Oxley. Let's begin. Welcome to today's episode. We are so happy to have Samantha here with us. Once again, another pause training program cohort. What? Alum. Fellow. Yeah, alum. So I always try to think of like what connection we had during the program, if any. Um, I remember I was telling Hannah before you hopped on that during your practicum, I kept signing up. I was like, there was something with your voice that was healing something inside of me. And (laughs) we'd have this group, um, breathwork session where Samantha was, uh, facilitating and they'd be sharing, oh, it was this and it was this. And I was just like, your voice your voice is doing something. I was like, does anybody, is that happening with anybody else? And they were like, yeah, it's a good voice. And I was like, no, you don't understand. So anyway, that was my experience with you. Um, we love to hear just like an introduction of how you um, would like to introduce yourself. And then we'll dive into the meat of the deeper awareness for you. So just uh, however you want to introduce yourself do it. Cool. I'm so happy to be here, first of all. And I'm so excited to get to do this with you, Josh, especially because of our connection with pause and practicum and then getting to meet Hannah and hearing her voice on the podcast. And especially because you've done it with so many people that I know too, and getting to hear their stories, their stories Mm. has been amazing. Um, So I'm so happy to be here and also to have the opportunity to speak my story. I'm very thankful for that. I'm very grateful for that. My name is Samantha. I am a trauma-informed breathwork practitioner, also a registered nurse and an embodiment and life coach. And ultimately, how I introduce myself and what I do is I like to help people feel better. That's it. That's, I think that's what we're all looking for, searching for. And if I can help people do that, that brings me peace on my own journey. That's good. 
Mm. I love it. Thanks. <laughs> she agrees. <laughs> she agrees. We got a hell yes. We got a <laughs> emphatic yes back there. <laughs> well, yeah, I I've shared this on um other episodes that it's like my human design, there's the three five. It's like the five in me is the story collector. I didn't know that when I started the podcast, we had Hannah's friend Karen on and she told me and I was like, I do love stories. I love collecting them. And so I am just so excited to hear your journey. And so the way we kind of frame this and take this however it works for you, um, we're taught by society to do certain things that will bring us fulfillment or joy or, you know, get us the things that are supposed to fill us up or light us up. And then we get to a point where we kind of look around and we're like, this isn't it. And then <laughs> most often it's a journey inward from that point. Yeah. So if any of that resonates, We'd love to hear your story. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting because I knew that it would come up, right? My story. And it's like, there's been a lot of times that have been like pivot points. And I was like, how do I, how do I get past this? Mm. <laughs> um, but just going, I'm just going to riff um with what you're saying at first when people are telling you this is how you should live your life you should strive to be happy well being happy that doesn't resonate with me anymore it's something so much deeper something so much more profound than just being happy and like you were saying going within yourself it's been a long journey right for me now looking back it's like since i was born it's been a journey um i was so caught up for so long in what i thought other people wanted me to be and in what my role was as a woman to be a wife, to be a mother, to hold it all together. And that's what I saw in my life, that she, the matriarch, is somebody that holds it all together while she's silently suffering. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw. Someone who's just like silently suffering, sacrificing themselves, sacrificing their body, not receiving the love back, not asking for what they needed. So when I finally made it to a point where something had to give, where I didn't want to live my life, I, I struggled to say the word mediocrity, but my life was, I was like, what? Something has to give. I was just numbing myself. I had had trauma in my childhood that was affecting me all through my adulthood my relationships. I mean, it affected everything. 
So when it came to my identity, I didn't know who I was. I was trying to receive it from other people because I didn't love myself. I didn't think I was worthy. I really hated myself when it came down to it. So I was looking for other people, other relationships to kind of tell me who I was, to tell me that I was worthy, to tell me that I was worth loving, to validate my life for me. I collected things, right? I got the relationship. I got the marriage proposal. It was like, ooh, we're going down a path. And then I was like, I'm thankful for myself for realizing, wait, something has to be different. There has to be something more in life. And I think a lot of people hit that, but it's really fucking scary to take the leap and say, I know there's a part of me that knows that there's more to this life than what I'm living right now. Something deeper something deeper. And I had no fucking clue what it was, but I couldn't live in the cycle of shame and guilt and censoring myself and always feeling so compact Mm. and defended all the time. When that knowing that we all have, when did you finally listen to it or, or discover it as a knowing? Mm. It took me a long time to discover it as a knowing. I kind of just like stumbled. Um, because there was always this underlying nothing satiated me. I would celebrate holidays and have people around. And it's, it was like, I was sad. I went on, I was a travel nurse. I traveled all these different places. You know, it's supposed to be the happiest time of your life. I made so much money. I met so many people. I was so fucking sad and lonely at those times in my life. So I don't know what got me to this point, but I just remember things kept spiraling down, spiraling down worse and worse and worse into the guilt and the shame. And I looked up and found a therapist and she was the one that helped me to see my own knowing. She was the mirror for me. She was my teacher. Because I didn't trust myself and I couldn't see myself clearly as someone who was wise. I didn't see that part of me at all, at all, or resilient at all. So she was like this beautiful fucking mirror that was like, there's another way to see yourself here. Do you think that was that magic ingredient of just that clear mirroring of being able to see all of that, all of what makes you, you? Yes. For me, I needed that mirror because a lot of times my shame and my guilt was so big that people would tell me that they loved me 
or support me or something like that. But I had such a skewed version of myself, things that I didn't even know were buried deeply inside of me that were just like screaming to be heard at a lot of fucking anger that wanted to get out. But there was nobody that was like, it's safe to be angry. You don't have to. A lot of like what I want people to know too is there's no one way to heal or to evolve or to go deeply into yourself. It's your journey. It's going to take the time that it's going to take for you. And what I really needed before I could reach the inner knowing, I needed to be fucking angry. I needed to speak and to move the energy that was so stuck inside of me from that trauma because I was stuck in that response. I was either like hyper aware, hyper vigilant, scared all the time and just like constantly stressed, constantly scanning. Or I was the opposite where I was like, I want to be buried under a rock. I'm not going to come out. I don't want to see anybody. So it was like these two extremes that I didn't even know what was going on. So it took that person to be like, oh, have you guys ever heard of the window of tolerance? She was the one that gave me like the diagram of the window of tolerance. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So I've been living either here or here. There's been nothing in between. For our listeners, do you want to talk a little bit about that, of how like the fight or flight with that within that window of tolerance. Yeah. I hope I don't butcher it, but I'm visualizing the chart in my head and yeah. So either, so our nervous system, right. It, it runs a lot of our reactions to things in a beautiful way. Right. I didn't see the beauty of it too. It protects us ultimately or gets us going, gets our energy moving or helps us relax. But I was living in such extremes where I was either super on one end of the window of tolerance, where I was super hypervigilant, always on edge, um, always going. So I can imagine what my heart rate was during that time. Um, It leads to so many things health-wise, inflammation and things like that. But that's on the one spectrum of being so hypervigilant. And then on the other side, there's that hypo arousal where it's the other extreme, where it was hard to get out of bed, where I just felt numb to everything. Um, so the goal is to get back into homeostasis in that middle. And when you're knocked off, which is totally fucking natural for us in our life to have these ebbs and these flows. And especially as women, we have our cycles. So it's natural to have movement and the resilience that we build, especially with breath work is to be able to navigate the reactions in our nervous systems. And so if I'm feeling that hypo arousal coming on, I can be aware of it if it's coming and be able to tune in and help myself through that if I feel that coming on. And a lot of times now that I've had so much 
work with my nervous system and its flexibility to be able to go through the states and navigate that I haven't felt the extremes of that as viscerally as I used to, where they used to last for weeks, if not months. And now if that happens, it's like, I'm noticing, like I'm onto myself, you know, which is so beautiful to have the awareness of yourself as opposed to when I started this journey, I didn't know what the fuck was happening to me. I didn't know why the fuck I wanted to drink so much alcohol to make everything numb. Because ultimately there was something inside of me that really wanted to scream and get shit out. And I got it out when I drank, you know, um, or I got it out when I would binge eat or I got it out when I would do other things to harm myself. It was all just a way to cope because I didn't know how to be with the feelings. I didn't know that's what I needed either. Mm-hmm. so i was thinking about this awareness piece and society in general we're just not aware of certain things right so we don't understand our nervous system we live in a very achievement-based society and with no comprehension or understanding of what it takes to even figure out what is going on inside. And so when you, so I'm curious with this anger piece. So now looking back, you can, you have the awareness that your body was screaming for attention. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, there's stuff in here but you didn't know it was here and you didn't know, even if you found it, you didn't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about what that looked like for you? Once you uncovered by the therapist sharing, you're really angry. Like what, what kind of um, activities or, you know, how, how did you learn to move that anger through you? Yeah. Yeah. So You know, it's so interesting looking back and just noticing like the threads Um, because the trauma from my childhood happened when I was really young and I had buried it. And there were little glimpses that I remembered, but I was afraid of someone getting into trouble. I was afraid of, I thought it was disgusting um, what happened and very shameful. And I think a lot of us go through that, especially as children. And we don't understand. I had no fucking idea what really happened to me. So when I went to college and I started experimenting, I started being physical um, with men and starting to have sex and things like that. That's when things started to come out. And I had no idea where it was coming from. Um and what to do with it. Just like you were saying, I didn't know what to do with it. So a lot of times I would just like try to bury it, um, and be normal and achieve. Um, so that's like the piece where I still graduated, I graduated college. I was really successful in college, became a nurse, had a boyfriend and 
all those things. And just like I was saying earlier, it just, there was always that there. It was always there. It was always there that I felt it. So when I went and finally met this person who really helped me change my life, we really went into the body. So that looked like we did a specific therapy called EMDR. And I'm not going to go into it in detail because (laughs) I won't get it right. And I know that. So if there's anybody who's been through trauma and you're curious about therapy, EMDR is amazing for PTSD, trauma, things like that. But it really was going into the body and allowing myself to feel safe with that therapist. We created She created so much safety with me because my body was so scared from protecting for so long and defending for so long that we really had to ease into it. And part of the exercises were to let my body express. So the anger piece, letting myself fucking scream. Like I would be in my apartment. I have my my pillow that I actually do scream with. I would just scream into the pillow or I would cry or um, I would take like a dishcloth, whatever my body needed to do. Or maybe my body wanted to move or my hands wanted to move or I wanted to say something. For a long time at the beginning, all I did was say no, 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 no. No. And it was because trauma is too much, too soon, too fast. And a lot of times the energy gets stuck and our body just wants to complete whatever it wanted to happen because I just, at the time, just completely disassociated from my body, wasn't connected to my body anymore. So it was like these exercises to bring me back safely to go into some of those memories because with PTSD, I would have a lot of visions of the trauma and it was like liberating that from my body letting the fucking energy move was a lot of that beginning phases to let that be seen and heard and acknowledged Mm -hmm. yeah it's so fucking amazing and this is like part of my mission in this life is to have spaces where people can, where they don't have to edit themselves, where they feel safe to express. Even if we feel like it's disgusting, if we feel like people are going to judge us or things like that, because those are the things that fucking eat us alive. Or we feel like nobody else has those feelings, or maybe we're turned on by something and we're like, ugh, it's, ugh, like we're, you know, and those are the things that we bury inside of ourselves that make us unique and human and to have a space where someone's literally like you get to let it fucking rip and I'm going to be here for you and I'm going to love you no matter what. That was just like, it makes me want to cry. I was like, it changed my fucking life. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. 
And so how long ago is that? Like when is that something that sparked the desire to do breath work or was that even longer ago or? Yeah. So that was right before the summer of 2019. Yeah. The summer of 2019. I think something shifted in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's when I discovered yeah. breath work and mm-hmm. uh, I forget if who we were just talking to was at Alma. Um, it was the same thing. Like a lot happened in 2019 for people like, and then it ex- either accelerated or whatever happened during COVID. Like for me, like I went so inward and it was a gift to me. So yeah, 2019, yeah. something was in the stars that year. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll never forget the first time I did breath work. I've never, like, I had a a very wonderful childhood growing up. At least I thought so. And then I realized that I would always get pushed to like any emotion, any sadness, anger, go to your room. You can't be seen doing that. Go to your room, go to your room. Just so everything else seemed okay to whoever was viewing us, you know? Yeah. And so I was, I, the first time I did breath work, I was suddenly, I was in my childhood room. And I was like, oh my God, I'm I'm angry. I'm angry I'm here. And then I, the person guiding was like, um, if you need to bang on the floor, scream or do anything, I was like, I can do, I can do that. Like, I'm going to do that right now. And I like bang, I will never forget it. It was the most amazing freeing feeling to finally let that. I did had no idea that that was inside me. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, it's... Mm. it's like um there's so much because we have all that that we're holding on to right and then we get to feel the spectrum of it all like everything is accepted even if it's like I had an experience where I just felt like my body awakening and I was like, oh, this is something I've never felt before. Like during a breathwork session, I was like, what's that? What's that sensation? You know, and it's, it's just an exploration, just like you're saying, it's this exploration. Like, what is that? And can I be with it? And, and yeah, can I let my body move or bang or feel or Yeah. That's, uh, it's the gift of breath work for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's aliveness. I think that's what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. That's what comes through. Yeah. And I think what you opened up with too, with, you know, we're, the point of being in existence is to be happy. It's, it's to just be alive. Mm-hmm. To feel feel alive, not to just be alive, but also feel that aliveness that gets to be in everything. Mm-hmm. All right. So 2019, you feel alive. What happened? Well, now? it was still a long road from there. <laughs> it was still a long road from there, but it was like, um, it was a beginning because it's so interesting because I am a nurse and I would, at first I started out in labor and delivery. So I saw death and birth in that context. And then I went into ICU. And so I've seen the spectrum and seen how we as a society view death 
and dying and illness. And in the context of my journey of letting certain parts of me die so I can be reborn. And that's what this whole journey has been a death, a rebirth, death, a rebirth. And I'm on like, I don't even know what number birth I'm on at this point. Um, But that was like a rebirth into like, all right, I don't have to live like this forever. There's hope. I didn't feel hope before then for my life. Felt really hopeless. I felt really hopeless. Mm -hmm. So now aliveness. So if you can pinpoint somebody maybe sharing your experience around that hopelessness, mm-hmm. what, what breeds that? Why, why do we, cause I, I've been there and it just, for me, it felt like, what's the point? Because I felt like I was so constricted and constrained into this little corner that I had to Am I living now? Like I'm holding still. Is this how you do it? And it was just like, how? Like, no, I just want to break free of all, all of it. It was these little glimpses for me. It was these little glimpses of hope in a feeling or a sensation that I was like, there's more here and I just have to hold on. I just have to hold on for now. And there was something that was like, yeah, I guess that there was just more here. Cause a lot of the work that I did starting in 2019, we would envision my higher self. And she honestly like carried the torch for me. Mm. I was like, She's there. She's with me. I know, like I could feel where she was. I had no fucking idea how I was going to get there or whatever. But she like held me because we did a lot of parts work. And part of it was envisioning my highest self because my a lot of my therapy, my eyes would be closed because we would be going inward. Um, And it was envisioning my highest self. And I can still see her. I was glimpsing her last night. And she's gone through a lot of death and rebirth. And she's totally changed. Um, but yeah, she kind of held me until I could hold it. Because it took a lot of learning to trust myself. I think a lot of times, and I've felt this way, we... And I think I said it earlier, we have like an inkling, right? We have like a sense of something, but nobody tells us how, what that is, or we were told to ignore it or whatever it is. And I totally forget where I was going with that. <laughs> I was um, thinking trust in my mind. That's where I was going. Yes. Least. Yeah. <laughs> So the minute I learned as I built trust with myself, 
it was like, I can trust myself not to lose myself again. Cause I would lose myself in interactions with people in relationships in um, just in little things, because I wanted to morph myself to be what everybody else wanted me to be, to be the good girl, to be seen and not heard to be perfect. And yeah, I, again, lost my train of thought, but. <laughs> Question on, on that, because I've, I've lot, I've asked people and I've, you know, asked myself, like, when we lose ourselves, what is it in an attempt to gain or get for you? Do you know what that was? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, yes, it was all about protection because um, I didn't want to be hurt. I was really scared that something really, really bad was going to happen again to me um, because there was a cycle where it would. So I was very afraid that something bad was going to happen to me again. So there was like, like the, the cycles of, you know, people pleasing, pleasing other people to protect myself, um, aligning myself with certain people <laughs> to protect myself. It was all protection to keep me safe in some way. Um, and those parts that I had always, that I had always had. Or like when it came to, I had a lot of anxiety um, and I would, I would think to myself, let's envision the worst thing that can fucking happen. And as long as I think of the worst thing that can fucking happen in this moment, it's not going to happen. So that's what I did all the time. I just went envisioning like, this is, this is the worst thing that can happen in this scenario. We're thinking about it. Good. So then it won't happen. It lessens the chances of it to happen. Yeah, that's not the best thought loop to no. get stuck in. No, no. So I, I think it's important to discover the why behind those actions, the people pleasing, because it can be mm -hmm. easy to have judgment for when we do it. But when we discover the why we're doing it, we can introduce compassion there and understanding that yeah. it's like, oh, I'm just, for me, it was like belonging. A lot of it was safety. And, and then it's like, well, okay, that makes perfect sense. If you're, if you're just trying to fit in or be loved or belong or be safe, yeah. then, then, okay. If, if that's your best option right now, it makes so much sense. What if we give you a new, another strategy or another option though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we got to learn too, you know, and pause as well. Um, how to facilitate people with that as well, with all those protection parts that we all have. Um, and that's part of what I loved about learning breath work too, because I was doing it on a different level in my own personal work. And then I got to learn how to do it as a facilitator um, and learn because that's a lot of like the hatred that I had towards myself. Um, because I had no compassion for myself. Mm -hmm. 
I had no compassion for myself because I couldn't understand why I kept moving through these cycles because you, you only know what you know and what you have a concept for and no one really knew, you know? And then eventually I found, I found out more about the why to have compassion. Can you, can you talk about that? Because I'm sure we, we live in a society where there's so much judgment and a lot of that judgment, if we look at it from a compassionate place, we can discover the why, but we've, we've all grown up in this society where it, we worry about what people think there, there is that, whether it's religious, a lot of it comes from that. Um, but to get to that compassionate place, can you just like step us through like going from hate, like what, what kinds of things did you, was it therapy? Was it specific exercises? And then, you know, that moment where it just landed for you. Yeah. Um, it was just an unfolding, just like I, it's all a process. And as much as I wanted it to go super fast, I wanted to love myself, right? Everyone's like, you self-love. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what does that mean, right? Like you're saying, like, what the fuck does that mean? Sometimes I really don't like myself. And I think a lot of us feel that way or have this, my inner critic, man, my inner critic can be loud. And a lot of my work was being with that inner critic. What part is that? What does she need? Hmm. Right? Because it was like ugh, a lot of in-breath work. I would meet my critic. I would make that my intention. I would make that my intention to meet certain parts um, in therapy. That would be my intention. And a lot of time when I would meet with my critic, she was scared shitless of something. She was scared shitless of something, whether it was judgment, whether it was hurt, whether it was a, um, a belief about myself. Um. I had to meet myself right there where it was sometimes very fucking painful. It was just like a process of more so meeting the pain first, because for me, it's like you meet the pain and then there's like the pleasure, which seems like I'd never felt that. That's that. For me, pleasure is aliveness. Mm. So it's like I meet that pain, whereas before I didn't want to look at it. And now it's like, oh, I see you. Fuck, I don't want to look at you. I don't want to look at you. This is really fucking hard, but I want to look at you so we can move forward so we can have compassion for each other. And oh, because even like my vision of my critic, I saw her very lowly and a mess and a wreck. 
And it's like, you can't liberate yourself from a place of feeling that, that towards a piece of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just a process of constantly like meeting myself and be intentional and for lack of a better word, doing the work, <laughs> doing the work, showing up because I, yeah, I mean, we can get into it. Just how females are raised, religion, um, trauma, uh, all of that goes into it. And you have to, at a certain point, kind of defy the odds of, um, am I going to just be swept away and let life happen to me or be in it and flow in it and embrace all of it, even the really fucking painful parts? Because we're taught to go away. We're taught to run away from the pain. Yeah, or hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> jokingly, and we talked about this earlier. So I was raised in Connecticut and it was all about appearances. You keep up appearances. So it's a lot like you don't air your dirty laundry and things like that. And I know that you guys have a strong emphasis on authenticity. And it's like, how can you show up authentic if you're just wearing this fucking mask that it's fine. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. My life is perfect. <laughs> I've just fucking called him a motherfucker, but we're at the party and we're going to be happy, you know, like that's not how I want to live my life. I want to go into a party and be able to tell my friends, like it's fucking hard right now or, oh my gosh, uh, you know, it's Yeah. Well, it's Gilmore Girls. That's why I've been rewatching it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> right? <laughs> to make something new, to to mm-hmm. write a new story where it's not the grandmother's, you know, little tea parties, whatever she has. It's it's creating aliveness. Yeah. Going, yeah. To the, going to the pain, confronting it, and finding that pleasure on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what's possible there yeah because that's where all the possibility is Mm -hmm. so I used to see like I couldn't really see my future and a lot of where we get stuck is we're thinking about the future right like we're future tripping we're worried about the future and all that or we're in the past and the beauty that I found through breathwork through these practices is the moment fuck when like a breeze hits me Or I hear a song or I'm with someone and I'm like, this moment is really fucking beautiful. That's, that's where my aliveness comes from. Not from achieving anything, getting something. It's like, just like Ram Dass. I read a lot of Ram Dass and listen to him. It's like being here now, Mm -hmm. being here now. I've sent Josh a lot of Ram Dass recordings. I don't know if you've actually listened to them. I love him. He is a lot. A lot of the rebuilding I've been doing is my spiritual, like rebuilding my spiritual life. And I had a really significant, like, awakening moment when the person I was with recommended um, polishing the mirror. Have you ever read that book? 
I'm reading it again and I love it. And uh, I'm going to, it's right behind. It's polishing the mirror, how to live from your spiritual heart. Ooh. And yeah, it's just a, it's just beautiful. And he has teachings in it and meditations and yeah, all about being present. I went to the bookstore yesterday and I was like, there's nothing here for me today. And now (laughs) I know I need this this book. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Mm Mm-hmm. I've had amazing teachers along the way. Yeah. Like I always, I love that when a book Mm -hmm. comes exactly when I need it to. And it's always, it's always a book. It's always like a, it comes out of nowhere or it's been on my bookshelf and all of a sudden I'm like, what's that? Have I ever read that? And it's, it's that curriculum, that subconscious curriculum that I think your higher self is placing these little breadcrumbs to, to do. Yeah, I think it's when you're in it, like I was in it for a long time, I couldn't see anything else, any different story for me, because everything felt so close when it came to my anger, my sadness, my resentment. Um, And now I can see a little bit more like there's There's a gift in it. Mm. Whereas before I wasn't open to that. And I think a lot of people listening might feel that way too. If you're still in it and you get to be on your own fucking journey. Like I remember, um, and this just goes like in general, if people are telling you what you should do, how you should heal, what the process should be, you should forgive, all these things, run the fuck away. Because I felt a lot of that and I didn't have like the self-trust or all those things. And I was just like, oh, I should do that. I should make peace. And, and a part of me was like, no. And finally, when someone was like, you get to feel however the fuck you want to feel. You don't have to change how you feel. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You can just feel it. I was like, okay. Mm. (laughs) All right. This is fucking amazing. This is fucking amazing. So then you process it yourself. And then there's no, I used to get down on myself for trying to do things the right way. Like I'm never going to have peace or have a good life or if I don't do it this right way, there is no right way. There is no right way. We're all, we all don't know what the fuck we're doing. Right. It's your own way. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a couple of questions. Yeah. So Hannah and I have talked about the up and down of spirituality. There's a lot of mm. um, gurus or whatever out there that it's like, go up here yeah. to enlightenment and forgiveness and love. And we've talked about going into the depths to recover the parts to feel through the hate and the resentment and 
Um, and you've talked about that. I wonder for you. So, well, for me, it felt like there was so many years of felt like I was spinning my wheels. And I would say that it was because I wasn't actually feeling I, I was like you were saying, I was doing things. I was doing the journaling. I was doing the gratitude. I was, but the, the stuff in my body was still in there. And so my mind was improving. I was having better thoughts. My language was better around myself and treating myself better. But inside there was all of this. I can still feel more. There, there's still more in me. Just this. It's like rage that just wants to break free from this society and just like be authentic. And there's these parts that are like, what the hell? No, we, we gotta, we gotta fit in still. Like if you're going to go there, how are you going to exist in this civilization? And so I'm in this place of needing both like that, that does like I've done enough work that there's been this empowerment. There's been this drive, this excitement that I'm like, oh, it's working. I feel different inside my body. And then I still feel all of this, all these protectors too. There's like, you're good here. And so I think this is what you're talking about with the, the rebirth and the, the death and the rebirth. Cause I feel like there's this death trying to happen. And I'm like, I don't think we'll survive outside of our society if I let this mm. die. So what do you got for me? Mm. First, I want to acknowledge those parts and their fear. Because I remember along my journey saying, who am I without all of this? Right. And that's like, without the story, without the parts, who the fuck am I without it? Right. Essentially, like, how do I survive without that? That's what I've been holding on to. What the fuck's out there if I don't have that? So I want to acknowledge that, first of all, very real feeling. Um, and for me, to start off with your first point about spirituality and wanting to reach enlightenment and all of that, I talk um, a lot to my therapist about spiritual bypassing, spiritual bypassing yourself, because we're human. So we're going to feel we have we're human. We have emotions. We're going to feel it. We have to feel it fucking first. And if we're not feeling it, we're not going to reach those other places within ourselves if we don't acknowledge the anger and all the other feelings that we think are quote unquote bad they're not bad they're part of our human experience and so not bypassing ourselves with spirituality and just like we talk about in breath work we're not using the breath to try to bypass ourselves and breathe through it and try to get through it as fast as we can We're not doing that anymore. We're feeling and we're slowing down and we're really connecting and we're giving those parts of ourselves compassion and we're really seeing them and we're saying thank you and I fucking love you because I fucking love those parts of myself now. Mm. Really fucking hard before. <laughs> really fucking hard. 
But ultimately, they did what they needed to at the time. But now we are going to places where they get to be along for the ride and they get to experience things that I don't think we ever thought we would experience. So for me, it's like those parts get to die too and then morph into something else, Mm. something new. Just like my higher self morphs as I go, like those parts get to morph too. But I've thought a lot, you know, this goes into what I was just saying as far as like spiritual awakenings and things like that. There's a lot of people, if people are telling you like, this is the way you should do it because ultimately we're the one, you know, we're everything. We are connected with every living being. We are connected with nature. We are connected with something higher, whether you want to call it God, spirit, everything. And I feel that energy and I've never felt more alive than I do now because I feel that connection and that love even in those parts of me that before felt afraid of that or Like if I had them, then I wasn't worthy of everything, which isn't true. Yeah, we have. Ultimately, right, we say like it's all about fucking love and it really fucking is. (laughs) Right. It's hard to see that. And when you feel like there's not a lot of love in your life. But when you start to open up a little bit more um, and have your heart be undefended. I remember I had a teacher. He's amazing. And he talks about the undefended heart. Mm. And I was like, how do you, how do you ha- live this life where you don't defend your heart? How do you survive? And that's like, that's been the journey. Mm. Mm. It's almost, it's almost humorous because every time I'm like struggling with something I go through all of the feelings and come out the other side and I'm like, it's love. Why didn't I just (laughs) put more love into that? Whatever it is. Why didn't I love myself? That part of me more like, of course. And I laugh at myself and probably have to learn the lesson over and over again, but it's always love. That's it. Uh That's it. Yeah. 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 It's just like a cycle because we're so used to like our neuropathways, just like I think you said, talked about neuropathways, Josh, but like our neuropathways are so ingrained from like decades. So of course, like our mind's going to go to the easiest. This is a solution that's like scientifically it's just going to go to that so learning and living and being takes a lot of compassion 
showing up and all of that. Um, yeah. And ultimately bringing more, more love into it because two, like vulnerability is fucking all part of that is all part of that. And when you're living so defended or like you were saying, Josh, when you're so tightly wound, it's like, you don't even let the moments with other people or the experiences like hit you in that, in that deep way to even feel that level of love. There's no opening to it. So it's really standing out to me how people that hold space like that need to have met so many of our parts so that if we experience somebody else's part coming up, it's like, oh, I've already loved the hell out of that inside of me. I got you. Can you talk a little bit about your like your group sessions, like I, I've seen them on Instagram. We'd, we'd love to hear about how you're, how you're holding space and what this looks like in your, your one-on-one, -on -one, however that is as well. Yeah. No, I fucking love, I fucking love holding space or Roth work. Um, and the way that I do it now has evolved from what's been gifted to me. So a lot of time the intention is to have space for what wants to happen. That's usually like my intention now to make it very open. Um, because so many of us are coming from different places or different experiences and to let it just be everything um that that's just been so beautiful to give permission um in those spaces to have it be for what you need in the moment um yeah when it comes to breath work there's because in my day job, or I don't even want to say in my day job, right? In my job as nursing, that has led me also to this journey because I saw a lot of people suffering, so many people suffering. And I think that there is a way to help. And I think breath work is part of it. I think this awareness is part of it. Definitely, no doubt in my mind for chronic illness, for the way that our healthcare system is and all of that. And when I do sessions for everything, now it's not seeing like parts of people because that's what I had judgment about myself. I would see parts that I saw in myself and other people and then there would be judgment. And now with the training we've done. It's like being able to love people as their soul. Mm. That's what it is. 
and it's getting to hold space, seeing people as their soul so they can see themselves as that. And as you bring your awareness to, if you're just more aware of yourself or you can feel like an expanded version of yourself, like what's possible from there? What can be healed from there? What can be loved from there? What, how can you move through your life through there? That's just what's been the most It's just been a gift. It's nourishing. It's a gift. And I love to love people (laughs) because now I'm on, I'm on that, um, space where there's, it's a, I feel like a vessel of love for other people so we can hold it all together. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you ever get that way? Uh-huh. That yeah. higher like, self comes in and starts talking shit. for you. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> but you I notice, I still notice those parts of me that are gonna be like, people are gonna listen to this and they're not gonna understand. But that's okay because we all get to be on our process and we don't all get to have to love each other or like each other. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no hard and fast rules of anything. We all just get to live. (laughs) And can we do it with a little bit less suffering? I think we can. Mm -hmm. And a little more love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see you as the mirror now that that therapist was for you, that you're, you're reflecting so beautifully like this embodied woman of strength and love and hope and kindness and safety and softness. Mm. Yes. Yes. The embodiment piece. Yeah. Being embodied. Mm-hmm. I receive that because I feel that uh-huh. in myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's exuding. Yeah. Is that a word? It's just blasting out of you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's the fucking gift. Because if I go back, right, even the feeling of when I was going through my story and everything, thinking about that portion of my story to now, I feel it felt so one dimensional before. And now it's complex. It's pleasure. It's pain. It's, ooh, what's on the other side of that doorway? What's at that edge? Can I meet it? What's, you know, it's just like a, it's like a dance now. Like it, it's, I don't want it to be so fucking heavy anymore. 
That's ultimately, I got to that point where I don't want it to be so fucking heavy anymore. I don't want to be so fucking sad anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm. So good. Yeah. Okay. So you do in person group. Yeah. In mm -hmm. Austin. So if anyone wants to fly to Austin for the, for the ma magic of some. Yeah. Or fly me out. Okay. <laughs> You'll, okay I'll so, so that, that's how people can work with you. We can fly to you or drive if, if you're in the yeah. vicinity. We can fly you somewhere. Mm -hmm. What else? What else? Send a private, private jet for you because <laughs> hell yeah, we're dreaming. We're, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, online too. Um, it's really beautiful. First of all, to have that connection. If there's something that resonates, especially right when you meet those people that are kind of like, oh, there's something about you. So if you feel that like inkling or drawn to something or if something resonates or you're just fucking curious or maybe I made you angry about something, get curious about it or stirred something up. Um, yeah, I do online sessions, one-on-one uh, -on -one in groups, and then I'm doing in-person and I'm doing some cool um, – collaborations like with retreats here in Austin. So I'm doing this really, yeah. Um, I'm doing some fun stuff and getting to play with the breath and with music. Cause part of it too, for me is really the music can evoke so much too. So I'm really, really just intentional about the breath, about music, about permissioning and it's really fucking juicy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the breath is such a, a doorway into everything. No good or bad, just whatever you're needing in that moment. I've had sessions where screamed my head off I've also had sessions where I'm like I don't want to do the breath I just want to be here while someone's with me and maybe just recognize my own breath or feel my heart beating and that's fucking beautiful too it doesn't have to be anything we don't have to put so much pressure on it and that's part of the magic too I feel and what's helped me on my journey too so when you signed up for pause, I'd like to hear like the leading up to that. And then because for Hannah and I, it was just like, where did this come from? What is this? And then all of a sudden we're in it. And then I'd like to hear your journey because I kind of, we, we were all just kind of the maybe a little shell shocked of yeah. Kind of numb, didn't know we were numb. And then breath work started to on ourselves. And then all of a sudden, something I saw something in you. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, Samantha is scaring me because your bigness was inviting me there. Mm. And I was like, 
that's no, I'm going this way. But then it was like, no, I, I'm already that big. I just can't see it. And so it was, you're permissioning me and scaring the hell out of me. And so I, I'd like to hear from you because I have my perspective of, of, you know, your, your transformation, but can you take us through that? Long story long. I was, I see you nurse, right? I was so fucking miserable at all this trauma. I didn't take care of myself at work night shift. Uh, yeah. All that. And then, right. I started going to therapy. Things started sh- like, no, I was already out of the ICU at that point. See, it's even foggy for me. I started working in an office, got the therapist. Cause finally I was like slowed down and working like a normal job. I worked at a gastroenterology office and that kind of opened my eyes a little bit more to, I mean, a lot of gut stuff Mm. has to do with nervous system. It's all intertwined. So I would talk to patients all the time. Um, Don't you find that it's so many women? Yes, it sucked. And men, though, that had a lot of anxiety, didn't know what to do with it, right? Like it was um, a lot of the treatment that some of the doctors would be was like an old school um, antidepressant because what it would do it was it would stop that um, mechanism in the gut from firing because mm-hmm. that's like our nervous system is all intertwined in there. So this old school antidepressant, we were treating people for like their irritable bowel and stuff like that with that to help their gut. And it was so interesting to me. And the wheels just started turning, I guess. And I started looking up like holistic nursing. I was like, what's, where do I want to fucking go? I, this is like, I can't, nursing is draining me now. I actually found a program for nurse coaching. And, and basically it's training nurses. We, I got certified, I'm board certified through the American Holistic Nurses Association as a nurse coach. And it's all of our principles as nurses, but with a coaching twist on it. So to help patients make sustainable change through using coaching techniques to try to make something change mm. in our healthcare system. So I got into coaching and I did a, was it a three month program? I don't know. So I got into coaching and then I did coaching and I was trying to make that work. And I still felt because of my own journey, because I was doing all this somatic stuff with my therapist. And that was, what was really changing my life. That when I was coaching people, I was like, this is right. Like we know there's, there's so much deeper shit to this. I can't just make a smart goal with you and think that everything will change because it's so much deeply rooted. Right. So I moved to Texas and that's a whole nother story of how much I've fucking moved in my life and sold all my shit. And so I moved to Texas And honestly, I had followed Sam Skelly on Instagram probably for like a year. And years before that, maybe a year before that, I did a six-week yoga, one-on-one yoga with um, a woman that I met through my therapist. We did like a woman's group together. 
she taught me about, and I'm going to butcher this name and don't put this in there because I don't remember the name, but the Ujjayi breath. Mm. Have you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. Transformed my fucking life. Mm. So basically you like during the yoga poses, you can use it too, but it like, instead of being so up here with my breath, it taught me to be in here. So you basically sound like you're snoring. Um, let me see. Where are you breathing into? You're basically breathing like you're breathing through a straw in through here, but it's like you're breathing through your nose, but your, your, your intention is to breathe like a straw in here. Mm. Yeah. You're like tightening up your throat a little bit. Someone taught me and I forget they used it in such a, the way that they said to do it. I was like, Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, It's all coming from here. Like you're breathing through a straw and then you're letting it go. And it, oh, even just doing it just now. So I had been doing that because I couldn't, my anxiety was so bad before that, guys. I had panic attacks all the time. And um, she taught me about that breath. So like all of a sudden the pieces kind of came together. I was like, oh, Sam Skelly's fucking cool. I like her energy. Oh, breath work in that context totally fucking changed my life just this minimal that I know with the Ujjayi breath. And then I got on a call with fucking Megan Walker. And I was like, is this really, like, am I really going to fucking learn anything? Is this worth my fucking money? That's what I said to her. Because I was so at, like, the end of my rope. I was so at the end of my fucking rope. I was like, is this worth the fucking money? And she's like, yeah, you're going to learn so much. <laughs> and there you go. So I had already been doing, like, my own work and – had done psychedelics and opened myself up and stuff. So I already had like a primer for for experiencing that level of release and openness for when I got to the breath work. And then it was kind of like, what the fuck? you could do this without psychedelics. You could do this just with your breath. And I was like, that's fucking amazing. You know? So then I was all in at that point. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's like a lots of layers. <laughs> lots of layers. But yeah, that's that's what led me. Cuz I think there's some mm-hmm. I don't know this, but I would guess there's some people that join the program that haven't done any inner work and they're it it just shell shocks. Mhm. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I think about that with like what I do, especially on Monday nights, because I'm working at a studio where some people have never done breath work before. And yes, I am pretty open. Um, so I think a lot of times it's like, what the fuck is this? Why is she telling me like feel love and open your heart and things like that? And it can kind of be like, what the fuck just happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine being in the program knowing that you're going to teach other people and, and, and just starting that like process with yourself. Fuck. That would be a lot. I have a lot of compassion for them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Cause even like I tapped into shit that I was like cry- crying over zoom all the time being like, what's happening? 
this is crazy. This is very vulnerable and I don't fucking know you, but this is fucking cool. Like some of the breakout rooms. I didn't want to go like every time. I was like, Fair I don't want to fucking go. I don't want to go. I'm going to say no. But then I went and I was like, ah. yeah, I'd always be like, is it too late to like close my computer? <laughs> yes. I was like, can I just say no now? They're not on the screen yet. Right. <laughs> oh my God. There's something else I have to do. And then you never regret it. No. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was just, yeah, the coolest. And now I get to do that for other people, which is the fucking coolest too. I did this um, trail. This Have you ever heard of the Camino de Santiago? Yeah, I have a friend that's doing it right now. No way. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I did it like it was 2014 or 2013 that I did it. And so they, like the first thing somebody had said to me, like where, as I was starting, one little Spanish, there's so many cute Spanish people that are so happy that you're doing it. And they just want to like feed you and literally kiss your feet mm -hmm. because you're doing this trail. And, um, but one of them said that your Camino never ends. Mm. Like, never ends. And so I just see that journey, yeah. like a life within a life. And like that is Ooh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is it. That's it's we're all on our own Camino. We're all on our own path and our own journey. And it's yeah, gonna take all these different turns and ups and downs and meeting all the little Spanish people. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never, it's never ending. Even though we got to the end of that literal path, it continued. Uh huh. I'm, I'm still on it, and you're all on it because you are. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I yeah. had a breathwork session last week. Wait, what day is it? This week. <laughs> <laughs> Time. It was yeah. on. Time. Anyway, um, I was breathing and I could feel like this. So I got divorced in 2018 and I, there's all this built up, like working through just layers and layers of forgiveness and resentment and anger and hurt. And I could feel it in my heart and I, there was this desire for forgiveness, but I wasn't trying to bypass. It was like, that was my intention though. So I was feeling into the resentment and crying and Michelle came up and was there with me. And it, I could feel like I saw it, but it wasn't visual. It was like a, I don't know how to describe it. Mm. It, it was a box that burst open and like this thank you not the word thank you it was just an understanding of thank you it went from walled off box to thank you and it was like thanking my ex and then i saw this vision of the last five years and the journey that i've been on and it was that moment if i hang out in like expectation of how it should be, then mm -hmm. I discount 
all yeah. of this that got me here sitting here with with you two and then it was the thank you it was the you're you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome like life says you're welcome mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i that's why i resonate so much when you're talking about working in a gastroenterologist's office like i went through absolute hell with gut issues and not being like not finding solutions and finally finding a holistic doctor that helped and everything. But I, when I, the day I was able to find gratitude for going through like the darkest of days that I've ever experienced, I was like, I can't, I'm grateful for that. But it was like, it wasn't like a shock. It was more like, Oh my God, I'm grateful for that. And that feels so good. Mm. Mm -hmm. so because I would have never found breath work. I would have never, like we, my boyfriend and I bought a house together. Like I would have never been able to like envision this future for myself. And it, I would have just been going along the motions if I didn't get so sick. So yeah, finding yeah. gratitude for mm -hmm. that. Thank you. That, that I know what it doesn't say. Thank you. I know that exactly what you're trying to say, Josh. It's just that yeah, outward yeah. feeling, that pouring of, gratitude to even though like I that's what I was journaling about yesterday before I got on the call with Josh was like I now I now I just lost my hands <laughs> like just how grateful I like finding this again like I was feeling sick last week and so I'm like okay when I plead like I will be pleading to God like why is this happening to me why is this happening to me and I'm like oh yeah. I've, done, I've done this before oh there's a lesson here Mm. And I'm not going to know it now, but I will want yeah. that. <sighs> yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, life. Mm -hmm. It's just that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so fucking hard. It's so fucking hard. Mm -hmm. So fucking hard. Yeah. But once you get to that point of gratitude that there's something deeper or there's who knows but this is what it is this is what it is mm -hmm. um and to yeah just when i found that my story i could write my own story that it wasn't what somebody else had written for me. It was like, mm -hmm. okay. All right. All right. And it doesn't have to include that I have to forgive them. At some point, I want to forgive myself. Mm. Yeah. For just like you're talking about those years that at first I was like, I fucking wasted all these years of suffering and tormenting myself and all those things. But then it's like that compassion and that forgiveness for myself, that that's what I did to survive and what I knew at the time. And we're just on this journey. Mm -hmm. Making peace with it. And it makes you... 
you know, enjoy, like you said earlier, the little things. Like I was telling Josh yesterday, I had a few days of not feeling well. And yesterday I was like, oh my God, I, I feel okay. And I went out and clipped, there's like, you know, it's October in Massachusetts. And so there's like dying flowers, but I clipped some of them anyway. And I made this little bouquet. It's across the way from me. And it's so beautiful. And I clipped it and I was able to go outside and do it myself and make yeah. it. And now I get to look at it. And I'm like, oh, how beautiful life is when uh, 24 hours prior, I was like, why me? Why is this happening to me again? Like totally. Yeah. Full spectrum shift and just being able to witness and hold myself in it all again it's that like flexibility right it's like seeing oh fuck yeah uh uh-huh we're i'm not gonna be in this forever this isn't forever this is just right now how can i help myself through this or what do i need right now not to bypass it to feel it you know all those things Mm -hmm. and then i actually what i was thinking about is grief because I had to grieve Mm. of what I thought my life was going to look like when I decided to bring out my truth about what happened to me as a child. So there was like a long grieving process of who I thought I was, who, what my family was going to look like, all of those things, because relationships ended. um, So it was a grieving process too that that I went through during those years too. Of, of grieving for who I thought I was and what my life was going to look like mm-hmm. was all part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people forget, people forget to grieve. Mm-hmm. Like I was giving my mom like a little insight this morning on our walk about like what, like what Josh did a coding session on me yesterday. And mm-hmm. I was trying to like explain like what I've been kind of working through, mm-hmm. which has manifested itself in a physical ailments. Um, no, I'm talking to her about that. And she always like turns it to like, Oh, your father could really use this. Cause he, he went through so much with his life. And I'm like, well, he's never grieved anything like any of those things he's never grieved. And there are things like something like what you're talking about too. It's, it's something you have to identify like, Oh, like I have to grieve. That it wasn't like a loss of a person or a being. It was the loss of a an idea, a, a vision, which needs to be grieved too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so when he like has a act, like actual people that he's never grieved, he, you know, his, his ADHD is so wild. Like he can't sit down. He can't even hold a conversation with people. And I'm like, Oh my God, I wish I could just help him through those emotions. But yeah, you know, he's got to notice it for himself anyway, but I don't know why I was going there, but yeah, it's, it's so totally. important to, Mm-hmm. Grieve whatever needs to be grieved. Mm-hmm. So with grief, mm-hmm. for me, it's been discovering what grief feels like in my body. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, that was the biggest amount of numbness that I had inside, that there was so much grief going on. And I, I didn't even know like I cognitively understood the concept of grief that it's like, Oh, someone dies, you'll be sad. But then it was like a mental understanding, not a, Oh my God, this fucking hurts inside my heart. I don't want to feel this anymore. How do you get this out of me? Please make it stop Mm -hmm. where I 
learned to go into the grief. Yeah. And that's what I feel like has given me the most access to my heart and to my depth is mm. this new relationship with grief. Mm -hmm. Do you have something? What's your relationship with grief? I'd love to hear. Yeah, I think to be honest, I remember it like towards the beginning of my journey <laughs> before I really knew uh, how to go deeper um, that grief came up because once I acknowledged the trauma from my childhood, like I said, I lost relationships. I lost most of my family. I lost a relationship with my parents. Um, so, and we were so close. So I had to grieve those relationships. I had to grieve the loss of my innocence that I didn't feel because I didn't really know what happened until I fully acknowledged it, right? And decided to to look at it. So I had to grieve that. Uh, I had to grieve who I thought I was gonna be, what my family would look like, um, all those things. Um, and I think that part has just been like all together with the other pieces of the journey. Um, as I meet the different parts of myself, myself and their grieving, it all is intertwined with anger, resentment, and all of those things. So it all kind of intertwines with each other. Um, so again, it's like meeting those parts of me going inward, like we're talking about, and just having awareness of when that comes up. Because sometimes it does. Sometimes I'll see pictures or I'll think of things and I'll, you know, grieve. Um, but then I think of those thoughts and those are thoughts of like what could have been versus now I have glimpses or I have whole feelings of this is fucking what it's like to be alive. And who knows if I would have ever touched that if I had never spoken my truth, if I had never told anyone about what I went through as a child, would I have this much feeling of my entire body? Would I feel as intimate with other people? Would my relationships be as close? All of those things. Um, so I think it's, again, it's just like a dance with our triggers, with emotions that come up and grief is a part in there that sometimes comes on the ride with me. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I forget about that piece a lot of times, mm. but it comes up. Yeah. We like to leave a space for our guests to have. If you had a chance to share your message with the world in this moment, what mm -hmm. what's coming through for you? Just that. For me, it's more of a feeling than it is something to say. It's just 
I love you. And that there is so much beauty and curiosity in this life. And I love to experience it. Oh, yeah, words just sometimes don't do it with me. I got to. Mm. Mm. The message is you matter. Your experience matters. Your experience matters. Always. You are special and you're magical. Mm. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where the journey of self-discovery and inner growth continues to unfold. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and inspired you to embrace a more conscious and authentic existence by looking within. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll continue to explore the transformative power of breathwork and emotional healing. Continue the conversation and stay connected with us on Instagram. Follow at Deeper Awareness Podcast to receive daily inspiration, valuable tips, and updates on our latest episodes and offerings. We'd love to hear your thoughts and insights from today's show, so feel free to share them in the comments below or tag us in your posts. Your engagement and feedback mean the world to us as we strive to continue to create content that resonates and empowers our incredible community. Together, we can continue exploring the depths of consciousness, fostering genuine connections, and supporting each other on our transformative journeys. This episode is brought to you by You Belong Breathwork, your destination for transformative healing and self-discovery. At You Belong Breathwork, we believe in the power of breath to unlock the deepest parts of ourselves, leading to profound insights and a greater sense of connection and belonging. Whether you're seeking emotional healing, a deeper connection with yourself, or a path to authenticity, our breathwork sessions, retreats, and coaching programs are designed to guide you on this transformative journey. Our experienced facilitators are here to hold space for you as you explore the depths of your consciousness and discover the infinite potential within. Visit youbelongbreathwork.com to explore our offerings and download a free guided breathwork session. Thank you for being a part of our deeper awareness community. Stay connected, stay curious, and may you embrace your true essence with love and compassion. Goodbye for now, and see you in the next episode.